That's good because I think this is what I'm going to talk about. I was going to do this, and I may end up even repeating this. I may preach it. Um, I'm going to try to teach it this morning and not preach it because I'm going to preach to you in a little bit, and I don't want to over-preach you. Um, there is a difference between teaching and preaching, and sometimes the, the line between them is smaller. Uh, people will think you're preaching to them when you when you teach something that I'm going to teach this morning. This is difficult not to preach on, but um, this morning I want to talk about modesty. Modesty. Anybody know what modesty means? Levi. you say manner yeah I'm, I'm going to talk about more so the the clothing aspect of it but yeah you could you could talk about mannerisms too Christian character you could get off into that but most of the time when the Bible talks about modesty now it could mean like uh, we don't we don't need to be extravagant in in things um, some people get showy you know if they get some money they like everybody to know they got money <laughs> if they get a, a nice truck like the preacher they everybody want everybody to know they got a nice truck I'm like yeah what's up look at me <laughs> you know uh but and there, there's that <laughs> so you know i can't do that either uh i always wondered that myself but anyway um is that kind of modesty as well, but the, the kind of modesty that the Bible talks about the most is talking about the modesty of, of uh, covering up your body is what the Bible talks about the most with that. Anybody else got a definition you'd like to throw out there for modesty? Yeah? Hmm? Oh, modest in words.
that's good. That's a, that's a good definition, too. Um, yeah, give it to us. Yeah, that's above my pay grade, but that's a good definition. <laughs> uh, that's good. Read it again, Terry. Unassuming. Amen. Amen. That's good. That's good. That's good too. Um, and I've said this many times. We talk about, when you talk about uh, the church, the church is supposed to be what? Yeah, but when you when you get to this, we talk, we mentioned several things about modesty. We mentioned unassuming. What'd you just say, Shelly? Not drawing attention to yourself? Something along those lines? Okay. The church is to do what? Or the church people, what are we supposed to do? Edify the church. The, we, we are to edify. That would mean we edify each other. And by edifying each other as the church, we edify God. In other words, we lift up God, not ourselves. So this that that's very good. Modesty is unassuming. In other words, um, you could take what the Bible. We're going to read some verses here in just a minute. But you could take what the Bible teaches about modesty, and modesty. And Tom said it too just a second ago. It's not drawing attention to yourself. It's kind of like a in the middle. People today, whether it's in modesty or whether it's in other things. They like to draw attention to themselves. They want people to look at them. Yes. Yes. Yeah, but that's uh, that's in the Bible, though. It says to go. We're not edifying ourselves. We're edifying the church, which is the body of Christ, which is the difference. Uh, now, if we were going out there and we were promoting ourselves, now, in a sense, yes, we are promoting Mercy Baptist Church, but Mercy Baptist Church is a called-out assembly of believers, and when they come here, we don't, we don't uh, try to draw them to ourselves. We try to draw them to God. We try to lead them to Jesus. And so, anyway, um, but modesty is not, uh, uh, when, you, when you're a modest person, you don't draw attention to yourself. Uh, you're unassuming. 
Now, an assuming type of dress or an assuming type of uh, character, assuming type of look uh, would be something that we, and that this would make sense to you. Turn to Proverbs chapter 7. Now I've said uh, I've said before, and this I've heard a lot of preachers say this. Our preacher used to say this. Uh, don't y'all throw tomatoes at me, but and it was a joke, so don't take it too seriously. But uh, the pastor used to say, "Any old barn looks better with a little paint on it." Amen. I would tell you, I, w I would tell you that there is, there is a modesty with that as well. You can go too far with it. And some people, because of that, uh, some husbands don't want their wives to wear makeup because they don't want to, their wife to draw attention to her. But at the same time, if you're going to say that about makeup, then you could say that about dress too. Why would you even wear a nice dress? Why don't you just put a burlap sack on? So, I mean, there's a, you got to use some common sense about it. So, a little makeup, the Bible says, the Bible talks about moderation in all things. So, a little makeup is okay. Now, if you don't want to wear makeup, or I would even tell you this, and this is kind of, some of this being a lesson, I don't know how much time I'm going to have with all of this. I'll probably run out of time because I ain't got but like 15 minutes anyway. But we're going to, race through this see what we can get done but um um now i lost my train of thought if your husband if your husband prefers that you don't wear any makeup then you shouldn't wear any i know as people say oh that that's the that's a chauvinist no it's not chauvinist it says that the the bible says that the husband is to sub, i mean the wife is to submit herself to her husband so if your husband prefers you that way, then you, you ought to be willing to do that for him. And I know some women that do that, and there's nothing wrong with that. If he prefers you wear a little bit of makeup, then you wear a little bit of makeup. If he wants you to wear a little more, I mean, I don't, I don't think you should go beyond, you know, I don't think you should look like this. Proverbs chapter 7, verse 10. You see, when we see somebody, we have a, most of the time we have a preconceived notion of what that person is. We have a tendency to judge them. Oh, you shouldn't judge, Brother Jeff. Well, in a, in a way, yes, that's true. But the Bible gives you something here, and God is making a judgment. And how does, how does he make that judgment? He bases it upon something that we see, too. He's looking at the outside. So you see, people say, oh, well, God only sees the heart. No, you're wrong, my friend. God sees the outside. He also sees the inside, but God sees the outside too. And so God gave you some common sense, and here's you some common sense. Uh, Proverbs 7 and verse 10 says, And behold, there met him a woman with the attire or the clothing or the dress or the look of a harlot. What is a harlot? It's like a prostitute. Uh, another place uh, in, in the New Testament, the Bible refers to it as a whore. Same thing. Oh, it's terrible, Brother Jeff. You shouldn't say that. Well, it's in the Bible. Uh, and it's, it's a title. It's, that's not a title that you want. That's not a look that you want. Uh, but 
it's a fact that the Bible says that word, and he, he's given you what part of it is. He says, they're met in the woman with the attire of an harlot. So there is a clothing that advertises that you are a harlot. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and, and that's, brother, brother Ken, that's a perfect example. Because there's a woman that claimed to be a Christian, and she may have actually been saved. I don't know, I question all of that after the fact. She may have actually been saved, but the way that she, she didn't necessarily dress provocatively. I mean, I think she covered herself up for the most part, I think. I don't remember that too much, but the only thing I can remember is that war paint. I ain't ever seen anybody with so much makeup on in my life. Um, uh, but anyway, that's, that's what he's talking about. He says, the attire of a harlot. Now, you could go, you could go this way too. Look at verse 11. She is loud and stubborn. Uh, you ladies, uh, this could go for the men too. There's a time to shut your mouth. There's a time not to say something. Uh, there's a time to be quiet. There's a time to listen. Uh, there, well, I'm going to make my opinion. Now, well, there's a time for you not to give your opinion. There's a time for you to be quiet. Um, and uh, the same thing true for the men. But it's interesting that the Bible mentions several things like this, and it mentions it more about the women than it does the men. Now, God gets a hold of the men, too, plenty of times, but this is, this is something that is a problem with women. By the way, if you go into the, the New Testament church, you go over into uh, uh, 1 Corinthians 14, Paul had a problem with women in the church, and the problem was that they wouldn't keep their mouth shut, and they became a distraction. That's ugly, Brother Jeff. Well, that's Bible is what it is. And the, the distraction was they wanted to, maybe they didn't do it with makeup. Maybe they didn't do it with their dress. They might have dressed right. They might have had to, you know, I don't know how much makeup they wore back then. I'm sure some of them wore something. But, but anyway, they may have not had any of that, but they drew attention to themselves with their mouth. They started speaking in tongues. I'm glad I had that top on. Uh, they started speaking in tongues in the church. And it wasn't the proper kind of tongue. They were speaking in an unknown tongue. So in other words, they were just making stuff up, much like the uh, Pentecostals do today. There's no such thing as speaking in tongues anymore. Uh, if you want to say, well, I learned a language. Yeah, but that's not the same thing as the gift of tongues. It's not the same thing. I'm speaking in tongue right now. I'm speaking in English. Amen? Yes. It's, the, it's actually the whole chapter where he's dealing with tongues. He says, I, I would that the women keep silent in the church. And if they want to say something, say it to the husband. Now, I'm not against. Let me back up and say, I want the ladies to, if, you know, I just, you know, y'all just prayed. I think that's wonderful. Y'all can, I've let you give your opinion, and that's wonderful, just like the men. And there ain't nothing wrong with that. But when you get to a point where you're doing that kind of thing, and that's even for the men too, but I'm just telling you, if you talk to any preacher, and women won't like to hear this, but if you talk to any preacher, most of the time church splits are caused by women not keeping silent in the church. They're too opinionated. They're, you know, they're too out there with it. And yes, Brother Ken. No, that doesn't kind of work both ways. My mom told me to shave my mustache off. When I shaved it off, she said, throw it back. Well, <laughs> um, but anyway. I, I, this is not popular stuff. I don't like teaching this. I don't like talking about it, but it's, all of this stuff is true. But anyway, let's get to...
the point because I ain't got much time. I got about eight, seven, eight minutes, nine minutes, something like that. Huh? <laughs> um, but anyway, there is an attire that is not acceptable that crosses the line that draws attention to you. Now, one thing, let me give some verses so I can we can hopefully get this get through this quicker. I can give you my thoughts on this. Um, Isaiah forty seven two. Who'd like to get that, brother Paul? And then. Um, Let's see, uh, Titus 2, 4, and 5. Yes, Miss Shelley, get that. And 2 Corinthians five thirteen. Okay, Wesley's got that. Come on in here, brother. Another man that had some teeth pulled last week. <laughs> um. Let's see. 2 Corinthians 11, 1 through 3. Who'd like to get that one? Okay, Miss Karen. All right. Um, so, Isaiah 47, verse 2. Brother Paul. Read the next one. Next verse. Okay, so he said what? He said uh, he's describing something that they, they would do, grinding the meal or whatever. I don't, I don't know. It doesn't really matter about the context of the passage because I want you to see something. The Bible doesn't say this a lot. It doesn't give you. People say, well, the Bible is silent on this, and it's silent on that. Yeah, it is silent on some things, but you know it's an amazing thing to me. Everybody, if you get right down to it, understands what at least they have somewhat of a definition of what modesty is when it comes to clothing. Everybody. Now, I don't recall seeing anybody just uh, walking naked in the streets. If people say, well, we don't have any, we don't have any standards here. Oh, really? Uh, okay, so you're saying that uh, women can come to your church and dressed in a bikini then is what you're, oh, no, no, we're not saying that. We're not saying you do have a standard. There is such a thing as a standard in dress. You say, well, they just come as they are. Well, if they come in their BVDs, you're going to send them home. Amen? So you see, there is a standard of modesty there with, with everybody. It's just a matter of what your standard is. But the Bible says there that if a woman, let me give you a pretty, y'all going to make fun of this now. Let's get a pretty woman here. Amen? There you go. Let me give her a hairline. There you go. And uh, we got our we got our woman here. I'm just gonna do a stick figure. Amen. Got a woman here. If um if I tell you to, uh, this morning to show me what is modest, what do I need to cover up right here to make this woman modest? Yeah. Um. So you see, we do understand what modesty is. Now, where did you get that idea from? Well. Kinda, yeah. I mean, the Bible, I don't remember the Bible saying anything about cleavage. Maybe it does. I don't know. Um, I don't remember the Bible talking about that. But what he says in that verse, though, he says, read it again, Brother Paul. 
If y'all don't get nothing else, I want you to get this because we may not have time to do everything I wanted to do this morning. Go ahead. Read both of them. So he says, when you make bare the thigh, God sees you as what? Naked. Okay? Make bare the thigh. Now, this is where I need a really good um, uh, drawing. Let's just say knees is right here. Knees right there, the, the thigh is above that. Okay? Now, where does, exactly does it start? I don't know. Uh, let's say six inches, maybe eight inches. I don't know. But somewhere right in here, is where your thigh starts. Now, if you don't cover that up, God sees you as naked. Same thing with a man. It's not just a woman, it's a man too. If you walk around, and uh, if you go to the beach, guys, and you wear a Speedo, God sees you as naked. And let me say this, and see, people. this, this is where, this is where people get, get mad, but... When you put a bathing suit on, ladies, and you don't cover your thigh up, God sees you as nude. It don't even, so that's not what we're supposed to go swimming in, Brother Jeff. I know it's a hard question, but what I'm trying to tell you is they have stuff for people that want to be modest, but what I'm trying to tell you is the world has thrown out modesty. They're using their own common sense. Now, ladies, when you got a dress on, your dress ought to be coming to close to your knees. And when you sit down, you also have to consider that. It's, it's not a good thing when you see a woman sit down. And she's like, got to pull her skirt down. And, uh, you know, she's like, it looks all uncomfortable because she's having to pull it down. Well, if you'd make your skirt a little longer, you wouldn't have to worry about that. Now, that's ugly, Brother Jet. Well, that's the truth. So that's, uh, that's modesty. And by the way, just let her arms come out a little bit so she won't look retarded. But, uh, but anyway, she already looks retarded, don't she? Two-minute warning. So there's our, there's our pretty little lady, you know. But she's, she's covered up, though. Now, the world says today, well... You know, it's okay. It don't matter if she's covered up or not. It's okay to show a little bit of skin. And so they come down here like this. Or some of them come down, you know, like that. And then, you know, you start showing something you shouldn't see. But God said, and he started at the, uh, when he talked about the thigh, he started down there. But God said that when he saw your thigh exposed, he saw you as nude. And so <clears throat> how much of your breast, if you want to go to the top, how much of your breast do you have to show before it's nude? It's nudity. Any of it. Exactly, any of it. That's hard, Brother Jeff. I know it's hard. But let me tell you this, guys. You go around and say, well, it don't matter because I'm not like a woman. Well, uh, what's immodest for the woman is immodest for you. You shouldn't be going around without a shirt on. Uh, I don't know about you, but I never enjoyed... Seeing a guy with his shirt off anyway. Uh, and, and, uh, but anyway, you want to know what modesty is, ladies? Go home and ask your husband 
how much of your clothes or how much you would have to expose to him to move him that way. Now, I'm not trying to be off-colored. I'm trying to be honest with you. Ask your husband how much of your body he wants you to show to, a, to the public. Zero. Yes, ma'am. Bam. That's it. Reserved for their husband. Amen. That's good. That's good. Amen. Amen. That's right. Amen. That's right. That's good. That, and that, that's that's a part that I would like to get to, but I can't. We don't have time to get into all of that. Like I said, I'm short of it. We may revisit, probably are going to revisit this because there's a lot to be said. But anyway, um, Let's read the Bible verses, and I might comment, but we're going to just, I'm probably going to run past our alarm a little bit, but let me, let me, let me give you, huh? Okay, Get, let's, let's take just a few minutes, and let's hit these verses real quick. Yeah, read it. You see what you do when you go against that? You blaspheme the word of God. You blaspheme God. So, well, I don't want to blaspheme God, but these opinions about how I'm supposed to look and how I'm supposed to dress, no, that's not opinion. God's word is not an opinion. God's word is fact. Chaste, by the way, means to be pure. What is purity? Is it your definition or is it God's definition of purity? Pure, clean, consecrated. Consecrated means to be Devoted, and that goes back to what Miss Karen said. Who are you devoted to? You're devoted to your husband, not to the world. You're not to give the world what they want to see. You give your husband what he wants to see, and that's for him only. You're not to take that out into the world. That's not something you're supposed to advertise. When you do that, you become what Proverbs chapter 7, 10, verse 10 says. She had the attire of a harlot, the Bible said. That's what it becomes. Uh, but anyway, it means to be consecrated, means to be devoted, means to be set apart, much like sanctification. But this is uh, the woman's, the, the uh, wife's relationship with the husband. She's to be devoted to her husband. She's not supposed to show the world what she would only show her husband. Yes, Levi, quickly. We're out of time.
when, when somebody says, I think what he's trying to say is, when you see a woman and she's got a long dress on and it comes down, you know, way on down to where's a long dress, people will look at her and say, and especially if she's covered up everywhere, everywhere they look at her and say, well, she must be a Christian or she must be Amish or she must be this, she must be that. You see, you can judge people by what they wear. Amen? And so because you know that without me even saying anything, because you know that without somebody telling you that, uh, see, there is something built inside of every person that tells you what's modest. Now, we may have, again, there may be a line there like we was talking about with this. Some people think it's okay to show a little. Some th people think it's okay to show a lot. Some people think keep your eyes in your head, mind your own business. But, but that's not what the Bible says. Uh, do you really want to be associated with an attire of a harlot? I don't think so. Uh, but anyway, discreet, by the way, means sober, uh, intelligent, understanding. Um, I think in, intelligent means uh, that you know the Word of God. You know what God says about it. And you under, have understanding of it. Of sound mind. Of course, we know what sober means. It can mean different things. But just thinking uh, you, you shouldn't go around being uh, uh, influenced by drugs or people that are against the Bible, whatever, you ought to, you ought to be uh, uh, focused on what God wants and uh, have uh, self-control. You can't have self-control if you're drunk. <laughs> you can't have self-control if you're high. Uh, and he says to be temperate. Uh, in other words, don't, don't have a bad temper like your preacher. Amen? But, um, <laughs> but anyway, um, uh, temperance or temperate. Uh, 2 Corinthians 5.13 who do I give that to? Is that you? Okay. Second um, Corinthians eleven one through three. Who had that? Go ahead. Amen. Do you get what he's talking about there? He's talking about the church. He's talking about the church and Christ. We are the, the church is the what? Bride of Christ. He says, I want, Paul says, I want to submit you as the church as a holy virgin to your husband, which is Christ. We're the bride of Christ. He said, I want to, I want you to be pure I want you to be holy. God says, be ye holy as I am holy. He says, I want to teach you the right way so that I can present you to Christ the kind of bride that he would like to have. Now, who wants... I ain't going to go there. Uh, but anyway, you got that. Uh, Wesley, 2 Corinthians 5.13. Amen. It's for your it's for your cause. Sober for your cause. In other words, I'm teaching you these things. It's for your cause. I'm trying to help you, Paul says. I'm trying to help you. I'm trying to show you the right way. You know, many times Paul was accused of being rude of speech, and he's and Paul says, Do you hate me because I tell you the truth? But yet many will. Um, but anyway, um, was that all of them? And then first Peter three, one through seven, I did not give that one out, but I'm gonna read it to you, and I'm done. Likewise, you wives, be in subjection to your own husbands, that if any obey not the word, 
They also may, without the word, be won by the conversation of the wives. Now, what's he talking about? If they obey not the word, if you have people in your church that obey not the word, in other words, they don't listen to the teaching that I've done this morning, but you have women in the church uh, that are in subjection, not just to their husbands, but by being in subjection to their husbands who are trying to walk with the Lord, hopefully, uh, they're walking with the Lord when they submit to their husbands and when, when they submit to God and they try to do the things contained in the Bible they may reject the preaching but when they see other women in the church trying to do what the preacher said it's an example to them they may be won by the conversation of the wives not just this but the way you dress as well while they behold your chaste conversation coupled with fear in other words they see they see what you're doing uh who's adorning let it not be that outward adorning of plating the hair and wearing of gold or of putting on of apparel and people say well you shouldn't wear any jewelry i'm not saying that but i think there's a limit to it when you when you wear so much that it draws attention to you then you're probably wearing too much but there's nothing wrong with wearing a little bit a little bit of makeup a little bit of jewelry or whatever what's the line i don't know maybe maybe that should be in the judgment of your husband I don't know. The Bible doesn't, it's not really, it's not really, uh, there's kind of a fuzzy line there, I guess you'd say. But there, there is something there. That's where people take things the Bible says and they, says, they say, well, you shouldn't, we say you shouldn't drink. So abstain. Bible says don't even look at alcohol. Don't look on the wine when it giveth its color in the cup. Then you have another verse that says, um, drink a little wine for thy stomach's sake. And that's really the, the only place in the Bible you can see where it might put and approval on some alcohol, but people will take that. Well, see there, Bible says, drink a little wine for your stomach's sake. Drink up, boys, you know, and, and get drunk and everything. Well, the Bible says, be not drunk with wine wherein is excess. So somewhere there's a line there. And by the way, there's also a lot of places, I'd like to get into this, but I don't have time. There's also a lot of places where the Bible talks about wine, and it's not even talking about alcohol. If you look up that word for wine, the, the original Greek word that was used for wine, we just have one word for it, it's called wine. But when you look that up, though, uh, it could mean grape juice. It could mean jelly, Levi, that, the, that sermon that we listened to. It could mean the, the hulls, the skin of the grape. It could mean any, any part of the grape. That, that word, see, we don't really have another word for that unless you just start saying it that way. But... That's just the way it's translated. It's translated as wine. It could be any part of the grape. It doesn't have to be alcohol. And so when you look at it that way, that really kind of acts as any alcohol consumption. Now, I will say this. We know that doctors will tell you that a little bit of wine is actually good. It helps your digestive system and all that. But that's not an endorsement of social drinking. That's not an endorsement of going out and getting drunk. So you see... Uh, here again, that's that's part of that goes along the same line. Uh, what is that line? Uh, I don't know about you, but I would rather err on the side of God. On what God says, I'd rather be over modest than to be under modest. I'd rather be over corrective with the way that I live for God as to be under corrective. If I'm gonna err on the side of something, I want to err on the side of being too much for God, not too little for God. I say I think that's a good way to look at it. But let it be the, the hidden man of the heart in that which is not corruptible, even the ornament of a meek and quiet spirit, which is in the sight of God of great price. 
For after this manner in the old time, the holy women also who trusted in God adorned themselves being in subjection unto their own husbands, not to another man, but unto your own husband. Even as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord, whose daughters are ye are, as long as ye do well and are not afraid with any, with any amazement. Likewise, the husbands dwell with them according to knowledge, giving honor unto the wife as unto the weaker vessel, and as being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers be not hindered. So I've said before, husbands, if you don't take a good leadership stand in your household and your wife is falling astray, if she gets out of line or whatever, and you're not holding things down as the spiritual leader of your house, God's going to judge you. Now, that, does that mean that, oh, I'm going to get home. When I get home today, I'm going to crack a whip, buddy. Uh, I'm going I'm to put that woman in subjection. That's not what the Bible's teaching. That's not what the Bible teaches at all. And if you guys come back tonight with a black eye, I'll know why. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> so, anyway... That's a rushed version of all of that, but thank you for listening. Um, maybe we'll pick up on that another another day. First Peter 3, 1 through 7 is what it was. We'll be dismissed in prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for this time. Bless in the following service. May your will be done in Jesus' name. Amen. Oh, yeah, you'll get the, get the offering. I'm sorry. <laughs>